0: Good morning, Amokyo family. Thank you for joining us for our online worship service this morning. Today we are going to continue our Kingdom of God sermon series. And our topic for today is is going to be on Kingdom's Requirement. So what does that even mean? Really, the Kingdom of God requires us to give our all or nothing. So before we begin, shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Let us pray. Almighty God, open our hearts and ears to your word so that we will be refreshed and encouraged to draw near to you. Holy Spirit, be our guide and lead us to your truths. Hide me behind the cross and may the name of Jesus increase and I decrease. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So in aviation, there is a saying that when we have reached a point of no return, and that means that the point is where an aircraft does not have enough fuel to return to the starting point. While in signing a new mobile contract to get a, a new handphone, for example, um, once we have signed a new two-year mobile contract, or when you have recontract your current mobile contract with a telco, we've actually reached a point of no return, and we must then fulfill that 2 years contract with the telco. Right, so in discipleship with God, there is also a point of no return. Once we reach that point, there is no turning back or breaking the contract with God. The problem with discipleship today is that we sign a contract with God, but we do not want to follow the details of the contract. We want to run our lives by our own methods, make our own decisions and put God aside. Right? Luke 9, to 27 says, Then he who is Jesus said to them, the disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the world and yet loses or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when He comes in His glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Jesus, when He spoke to the disciples, He clearly states what a disciple must do to be a disciple of His. But being a disciple of Jesus is different from being a follower of Jesus. Many people were following Jesus when he was on earth. They followed him for many reasons. Some wanted to see him heal the sick and demon-possessed. Some wanted to hear his teachings. And some tried to catch him say wrong things so that they can accuse him. But as disciples, we are called to be different from being followers of Jesus. Well, a follower of Jesus Is different because in the book of Luke, it says that a disciple is to deny himself or herself and to take up the cross and follow him. To to deny ourselves means so different to different people. To a parent, it means not to seek one's desires, but serve the child and seek after the best interest for the child. This could mean working hard to provide food, and to give the best education to a child. To a spouse, maybe it means that it's just to give up your own needs so that you can support and help your wife or your husband. But to a colleague at work, it may be how you can be of service to them. But most importantly to God, it means seeking His will or spending time before Him so that we can surrender the different areas of our lives and allow Him to lead us. But to deny ourselves is to turn our attention to follow Jesus and not make Him follow us. So when Jesus talked about the cross to the disciples, it was not an honorable object to use as how we imagine the cross to be today. Right? So in Jesus' time, the Romans used the cross as a symbol of guilt, shame, suffering, and rejection. Right? Death by crucifixion is by far the most gruesome way to die. People at that time will not even mention it in their conversation as deemed as rude and impolite. But to be a disciple of Jesus, we must then take up this ugly object the cross and follow Christ daily. So what does it mean to take up the cross and follow Christ? Well, it means more than giving up the pleasures and possessions of the world. Instead, it means to surrender, suffer and sacrifice for Jesus Christ. Well, we cannot crucify ourselves physically. That's not what I mean here. But we can heal our body and let God do the rest. Well, to do that, we need a renewal of mind and a commitment of the heart to that renewal. Right. So when we say yes to God, we have reached an agreement with Him. And therefore, we must allow Him to take us deeper in love with Him. There are many people back then and even today who think that following Jesus is important, but not the most important. A true disciple of Jesus is one who makes Jesus the most important person in his or her life and to give it all to him. So we have three examples from the book of Luke that teaches us to be all or nothing disciples of Jesus. Well, this passage talks about the cost of following Jesus. And this involves giving up our comfort, choices and commitment. In the end, we have to decide for ourselves, not really for our loved ones, not for our family, not for our children, but really for ourselves, whether we want to give our all for Jesus. Let me read to you the passage from Luke. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have danced and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well at first you might be you might find it harsh that Jesus have said such things. Isn't it right then if you think about it to pay respect to our family when they pass away? Isn't it, isn't it right for us to say goodbye to our family? Why then did Jesus say such things? Well, So let's look at the first man who volunteered to follow Jesus. Wherever he goes, he wanted to be a disciple and not a follower. right? So that's a good example, a good thing, a good thing for the man. But perhaps then, this man was caught up with the excitement that was around Jesus at that point. Well, Jesus had crowds of people following him. And there were a lot of activities going around, right? Jesus fed the 5,000, he healed the sick, he cast out demons. There were a lot of excitement around Jesus at that point. Well, but Jesus realized that this man did not know what he was asking for. Now, this man did not consider the cost of following Jesus as a disciple. Well, this man did not know that there will be hardship rejection, and persecution for being a disciple for him. Instead, this man had an idealized and glamorous view of being a disciple. And this view will not carry him through the tough times as a disciple of, he, of Jesus. Also, when the man heard the cause of that, of that he needed to deny himself and give up a comfortable home, he probably backed out and said, no, 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 Lord, you know, I'm not ready to give up the comfort of, my, of the things around me. So as Jesus presented the truth to this first man and basically tell him that you, if you want to be a disciple of, of me, of Jesus, you need to give up and be all or nothing for him. Well, he wants you and I to know that the work of being a disciple for him is difficult and uncomfortable so this man had a misplaced view of being a disciple so we really need to look at our view as being a disciple of Jesus is it an accurate view of Jesus is it a view that will carry us through difficult times in our life so as, as disciples you know do we will we be able to give up the comfortable position that we are in so that we can stand up for Jesus and be that disciple that He wants us to be. It could mean standing up for what is wrong at work, or in our workplaces, in schools. It could mean saying no to our bosses when it's against our principles and values as a disciple of Jesus, and at times also risk the chance of promotion or a deal at work. Or it could mean lowering our status and reaching out to our subordinates to ask how they are doing at home, or even in their personal life. Well, there are many ways to step out and beyond our call of duty in our workplace and school. You well, know, the question is, are we willing to be uncomfortable for Jesus and give our all? So let's move on to the second man, which was a bit more special. Well, he was called out by Jesus to follow him, and what an honor, right, to be called by Jesus to follow him. But the second man's response was one of rejection to Jesus. When the man responded by saying, let me go to the father, let me go to my father and bury him, he's actually not saying that the father just died a few days ago and he has to prepare the funeral arrangement. If the father had just died, think about it, it's unlikely that the man would be free to be away from home listening to Jesus. When a man, what the man is saying is that he needs to stay at home to deal with the funeral arrangement when his father dies in time to come. And at present, he is not available to follow Jesus. You know, the Bible teaches us that we should care for our parents. The fifth commandment says that we should honor our father and mother. Certainly, Jesus was not negating the ten commandments We know that He came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. But if our commitment to family is more significant significant than our commitment to Jesus, we got it all wrong then. Jesus replied, allow the dead to bury their own dead, which actually means let those who are spiritually dead tend to such matters. Then Jesus adds, but as for you, and proclaim the kingdom of God. I'm sure you have heard the saying, family first. And in my research, I found out that missionaries in the past often ship off their young children to missionary schools uh, where they will be away from their parents during their formative years. An example would be Hudson Taylor who sent their, his children back to England for their education rather than keeping them with him and his wife in China. They view it as the cost of discipleship. And I feel that this is a practice that is, mis- is a bad misapplication of Jesus' words. right? If God calls you and me to the mission field or to whatever field that we are called to and at the same time gives us and bless us with children, I believe he is calling us to have them with us um, on the field and in the field. If that is possible, uh, and if that is not possible, I feel that my first responsibility is to care for the, my children until they are old enough to be separated from me. Right? But it is possible to be sinful, sinfully selfish about the family where we wrongfully exalt the family over God's kingdom. So basically putting the family first above God's kingdom. And I've heard of Christian families who do not get involved in serving the Lord because it interferes with their family time. Some even stay away from church because they need to send their children for tuition class on a Sunday morning. Here I'm not saying that tuition is bad. Of course, you can... Have tuition, but please have it on a separate time, uh, and not on maybe Sunday morning. So if if we do so and we have tuition on a separate time, we are actually teaching the children that God is more important than our grades and tuition itself. And so, as disciples, how can them, how can we give up our time and commitment to God? And to the Lord Jesus Himself. You know, Jesus then um, in his conversation with the second man demands the the total his total time and commitment. You know, he also wants us right to have this total time and commitment to him and him alone. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants all of us because he first gave all of himself to us. And not just all, but there's also a sense of urgency in this. He wants us to have this urgency to say yes to him now and not later and not at a convenient time. But rather the urgency now is to give all of ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, what is stopping us? What is stopping you, my friends and family, from saying yes to Him now? Is it a convenient excuse or is it a legitimate reason? Can I suggest that you bring all the reasons that you have to the Lord in your prayers and allow Him to show you the urgency and the need to commit yourself to Him, your total self to Him? So we move on to the third man who volunteers to follow Jesus, but with a condition. You know, the condition is that he wants to go home first and to have a farewell party. Right? This man felt that following Jesus was important, but not important enough to let go of the old relationships. In this case, Jesus was discerning enough to see right through the heart of this man. The third man could not then cut off ties and even break off his old ties with his old life. He wanted to keep the door to his past open, so that if being a disciple with Jesus did not work out, there's always a backup plan. Plan B, he can always go back to his old ways. Therefore, he wants to go back first and keep that relationship with his old life before committing to becoming a disciple of Jesus. Jesus was smart. Jesus replied to him by saying, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Essentially, Jesus is saying that being a disciple is one that focuses on God totally. Right? A disciple cannot keep one foot in the world just in case things don't work out. As disciples, then our heart cannot be divided. We cannot serve two masters. We cannot jump between our old life and our life with Jesus Christ. So when Jesus talks about putting one hand to the plow and turning back, here he is not referring to people in full-time ministry like myself and the other pastors and full-time ministry staff where we start off in full-time and then we quit and we go back to our secular world. He's not talking about people like us. Instead, he's talking about us, you and me, people in our life and our general focus in life. Right? In Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Whether you and me, whether where we are working at, whether we are parent, child, whether we have children or not, single or married, it doesn't matter. Our focus as Disciples of Jesus is to seek Him first. So it's not our job. Here it's not talking about our job, but our relationship and our focus in life. So as disciples, to have that focus as disciples of His is really to live the life of Jesus. Right? To know Him and to make Him known. And when we are when we are totally committed to Jesus, it's not really a mere slice of our life as I mentioned just now, but really to allow Him to be the center of it and allow our life to revolve around Jesus. Well, as mentioned, this includes our family, our life, our goals, our focus, our thoughts, our words and even our actions. Every part of our life, our fiber, our being really must be committed to Jesus so once we have that change in mindset attitude we see that Jesus is our Lord and master of our lives once we see that we can then submit to his lordship as mentioned by the just now the third man wanted to leave his options open so that he can go back to his old life are we too doing that so Jesus later mentions that Lord's wife It's an example to everyone who would follow him. He says, remember the Lord's wife. Whoever seeks to keep his life shall lose it, and whoever loses his life shall preserve it. While the Christian life is a process of daily yielding more and more to the Lord, it it can never be approached from the mentality that I'll try it and see if it works. Otherwise, I'll just go back. Um, to my old ways and try something else. So if Jesus, then if our Lord and Savior, the only way is to go forward and turning back is not even an option. So really to conclude this part on Kingdom of God where our requirement is really for all or nothing, the only way to follow Jesus is to give up our comfort choices, and commitment. Each of us must ask ourselves this question, am I following Jesus totally? Am I holding back something for myself? Am I keeping one foot in the world just in case? Or am I hanging on to some secret sins so that I won't miss out on what the world has to offer? Or am I saying, I'll follow you, Lord, but everything after the but really needs to go. It needs to be cut out of our lives. So there's a danger when you hear a message like this. And in that moment of the emotion high, you say, alright, I'll give everything to Jesus. I'll go all out for Him. I might even consider being a missionary, a pastor, a full-time uh staff and things like that but you don't count the cost then you'll be like the first man and and by being the first man you really need to count the cost how can you be totally committed to Jesus in your own daily life you know someone observed that we give we think giving our all to Jesus is like taking a one thousand dollar note And laying it on a table. So Lord, you say one thousand dollar note. Here is my life. I'm giving it all. But the reality for most of us is that He sends us to the bank actually with a thousand dollar note and asks us to break it down into small notes: two dollars, one dollar coin, fifty cent coins. So that as we go through life, we give out a dollar at a time, fifty cents, two dollars. And that's how we surrender our lives through small notes, through small change. We do so by as we listen to a stranger's story, for example, we give to a poor man when we see him at a coffee shop, maybe buy him a coffee, a meal. Or maybe as we queue up at the supermarket and we see somebody who needs a bit of help paying for their own groceries, we offer to pay. It also could mean serving in church by using our talents that God has given you. So usually giving our life to Christ isn't a $1,000 note, one shot. And isn't all that glorious too. It's actually about those little acts of denying ourselves, time and time and time again to what Jesus would have done when He was on earth. It could probably also mean a dollar or two at a time in our lives, in every single situation that we face. Fred Cradock once said, it will be easy to go out in a flash of glory. It's harder to live the Christian life little by little over the long haul. That kind of daily commitment in small increments actually begins with a total entrusting of our lives to Jesus Christ. Jesus gave himself on the cross so that you and me would not have to face God's wrath on account of our sins. So Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, turn from our selfish and sinful ways to follow him. And if you have said, I will follow Jesus, but... Really, family and friends, you must erase the but. The only way then is to follow Jesus is to have a total commitment, choice in Him. And once you do, once you have that total commitment, you have passed the point of no return. And the only way is to go forward with Him. So family and friends, I pray that you give your life up to Jesus, every small step of the way, till we see Him again. Amen. Let us pray. For as we close, Almighty, loving Father, help us to be faithful disciples of Jesus. Help us to make good choices in life, where we are committed to You wholeheartedly. Help us to surrender our pride and lay aside our comfort, so that really. The name of Jesus will be glorified. So Father, help us to be your beloved disciples one step at a time and to remove all the buts after which so that we can be totally committed to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.